All right, everybody. Oof. So I'm excited, and this is going to be a good podcast, okay? Every every time is going to be a good podcast. You know what I mean? Anyways, so I hope you guys are doing well. I hope your families are doing well by the grace of the gracious Lord Jesus Christ. So today I want to talk to you guys about five habits of a godly life. Now, I know that more can be added to this list, but I've narrowed it down to five, and I pray that they will bless you. So number one, faith. So what is faith according to the Bible? So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Now, this is just the second sentence of that verse from the TPT version. And when we go down to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. So in this Christian walk that we're in, faith is essential. In other words, faith is everything. We first need to believe that God is real. We also need to believe that Jesus is Lord. And with our faith, we are accepted and called righteous by God. When we look into the book of Romans, it speaks about that. And also, we live by faith. As believers, we live by faith, not by sight. So you don't got to see it to believe it. You believe it without seeing it. That's how we do it. The kingdom is reversed. So number two, prayer. Prayer is the greatest privilege as a child of God. You know, it's, it's the key. It's an essential key as a Christian to have prayer. And a prayerless Christian is a weak Christian. And we are not that. We are not weak Christians. So we must establish a prayer life. And in that prayer life, it enables us to grow in our relationship with God. You know, we're blessed. We're very, very blessed to have a Bible now. You know, think of Moses and Abraham. They didn't have a compacted Bible, all these awesome letters we have by Paul. You know, they didn't have that. So how did their relationship get grounded? It got grounded in prayer. You know, they were prayer warriors, and we also must be prayer warriors. So it is essential to have a prayer life. If we look in Luke chapter 5 or 16, it's amazing. It talks about Jesus withdrew. You know, some version says he withdrew to a quiet place. Other versions said he went to the wilderness to pray. Either way, he was isolated and it was just alone time with the Father. You know, Jesus had alone time with the Father. And that's something we can take as an example from Jesus, and we can apply it to our own lives. When in prayer, you want quiet and alone time with him. You know, I got nothing wrong with microwave prayers, okay? But we're talking about prayers with fruit here, okay? Not saying microwave prayers don't have fruit, but prayer is a conversation. You know, you speak and then you let God also speak to your heart. So microwave prayers, how are you going to let God speak to your heart? If you're in there, boom, 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 Lord, thank you, in Jesus' name, amen, and you're out. You know, you got to give him time. You got to stay quiet and silent. 
in his presence so that he can speak to you. So moving on now to number three, meditation on the word of God. So Joshua chapter one, verse eight says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You know, meditating on God's word, reading his word and letting it soak within your spirit. You know, you don't read and then you're, you're, you're out of there. Read, soak it in. If you got to take one uh, verse a day, um, really make sure you meditate on that verse. We should really be taking at least a chapter or two. That I'm just saying from, you can do more, obviously, but I usually just grab one or two and really meditate on it. You know, because the word of God is so rich. Nothing is in the Bible just to be there. It has value. It all has value. So when you're reading God's word, you want to really let the spirit lead you and let him drop wisdom and knowledge onto you as you're reading the word of God. And so you, you can meditate on it throughout the day. If we look at Psalms chapter 119, verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, God's word leads you. It directs you in the way that you should go. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is through Jesus reading his word, getting to know him, that he's the way, he's the lamp, that light that guides us where we must go. Because through God's word, we're able to know his heart. Amen. And number four. Through reading his word, we now need to be obedient. So John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, which is Jesus speaking here, if you love me, obey my commandments. And then you go to 1 John chapter 6, verse 3. says, Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. You know, you love the Lord, you show him by your life lived by obeying his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome you know when you're in a love relationship intimate relationship with the lord his commandments are not burdensome but when you are in religion you feel like you're walking on eggshells and everything is burdensome you know you're like oh god why do i got to do that oh here we go you know and you're reluctant to do god's will when his will is good pleasing and perfect you know, the Bible says that God is for us, not against us. So when God gives us commandments, you know, it's because he's a loving God and he's for us and he wants the best for us. Not commandments to make our lives worse. He's protecting us and loving us like a loving father that he is. So all of this, number we're going to go on to number five. But before we do, from number one, faith. Number two, prayer. Number three, meditation on God's word. Number four, obedience. And then number five, which is total dependence on the Holy Spirit. Number five it is what enables number one, number two, 
number three, and number four to be done completely by the Holy Spirit, but not forcefully from our flesh. Zechariah chapter four, verse six says, then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It is all by the Holy Spirit of God. You know, the Holy Spirit of God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus was enabled with the Holy Spirit to do these wonderful things as he walked this earth. Though he was God, he humbled himself, right? And the Holy Spirit enabled Jesus. And Jesus tells us that we will do greater things than these. All of this, the faith, the prayer, the meditating on God's word and the obedience is enabled by the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is helping us to do these things because out of our flesh we will fail. So it's dependence on the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, as it says in John chapter 16, verse 7 to 8. Dependence on the Holy Spirit to wash and renew you, as it says in Titus chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. To help us to pray and to help us in our weakness, as it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. The Holy Spirit, total dependence on him to help us to teach us as it says in John chapter 14, verse 26, and to give us wisdom and understanding in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, and to produce fruits, fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, we cannot love fully. We cannot love truly unless the Holy Spirit is loving through us. He's, he's the one that's loving to enable us to love others. Because when that love comes from your flesh, it is of no use. You're, it is fabricated love. It'll fade away soon. But love from the Holy Spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control from the Holy Spirit is everlasting and it will never fail. Let your life be led by the Holy Spirit completely. Yield to Him. Let Him take total and absolute control of your life. Deny yourself so that the Holy Spirit can do His work within your life. Then you will be able to live a life of faith, prayer, meditation on God's Word, obedience, and total surrender.